Welcome back to the RMD podcast from Reverse Mortgage Daily, hosted by me, RMD editor Chris Clow. In this show, we speak with reverse mortgage business leaders, professionals, government officials, and thought leaders to provide listeners with the pulse of the reverse mortgage industry and all of the business and regulatory realities which affect it. In this episode, I'm joined by Jared Talmadge, the Western Sales Manager for Simple Reverse Lending, to talk about the unique marketing approaches he has taken, especially with his use of appearances on local television stations in his Colorado market, to get the word out about reverse mortgages. He talks about how to present product details during such appearances, what the return is like and how to measure success when using such methods, as well as how the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic turned him into a reverse mortgage author, having just released his second book about the product category. Hope you enjoy it. Jared, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the RMD podcast. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me, Chris. I'm very excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, um, before we actually talk about your current efforts when it comes to uh, product education, um, I was wondering if you could, uh, for, for people who may not be familiar with who you are, to tell us a little bit about when you first became aware of the reverse mortgage product and how you actually got involved in the business. Sure. So I actually, um, I was, I joined the mortgage business in 95. Um, but I didn't become aware of the reverse mortgage until 2019. Um, I had been looking around for a job and I had been contacted by a recruiter who said, you know, Hey, I've got this great program. It is reverse mortgage. He starts telling me about it. And then I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of interested, uh, not really sure what to, to make of it. And he said, well, let me, let me have you interview with somebody else. Uh, he did that. And it turns out I was interviewing with uh, Jesse Allen, who, be- who was the EVP at the time at AAG. And I didn't know who he was. I just knew he was, I just thought he was another sales manager. And so he and I were having a discussion. Uh, it was supposed to last 20 minutes, lasted an hour and a half. And once that happened, uh, I kind of sat back and said, wow, I'm, I'm not dealing with, I'm not the smartest person in the room when it comes to mortgage. I really need to check this out. And uh, I went to go work with AAG in 2019 and I've been in the space ever since. What was your perception of reverse mortgages like before you actually started to have those 2019 conversations? Would you say that they kind of conform to what a lot of people felt about them in terms of uh, maybe this isn't the best thing to do? Or did you have another more well-developed perception because you were already in the mortgage space? You know, the truth is I knew nothing. And I actually, when I went to training, I actually told them straight out. They started using, you know, the, the mortgage terms. And I said, look, I have no idea what you're talking about. All I know about reverse mortgage is the negative things that I've heard, which I'm guessing are not true. But I really, I was a complete newbie um, to reverse mortgage when I joined AAG. It was just, I didn't know anything. And so I had to start from the beginning and, and, just go explain it to me because I really don't understand it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I imagine that that probably was a little bit beneficial to jumping in with both feet. Yeah. And it it was because I didn't have the preconceived ideas about what it was or what it wasn't. And I really think that helped, but I also think it helped because I could ask the questions that a lot of clients would ask. Hey, I don't understand this. Explain this to me as if I know nothing. And that is literally the basis of which I started the business. And that, that to me, I thought was a very powerful um, way of, of getting into this side of the business. 
Sure. Well, it's only been a few years, but it seems like you've gone uh, from zero to 60 pretty fast when it comes to your involvement in the space. But also, too, uh, you know, we just came off of a really big refinance boom for Heckam to Heckams, and things are kind of slowing down a little bit. We're hearing news about layoffs at some of the larger lenders when it comes to simple reverse now. Um, and it seems like the industry at large is in a little bit of a transitional period at the moment. So how would you say things are progressing when it comes to your work? So with my work, really, I feel like th- we're, we're finally picking up momentum. I mean, we're finally seeing all of the work that we've been putting in for the last six or eight months is really come to fruition now. But it's a combination of really getting out there and educating the public, educating potential um, referral partners. And then you combine that with the media, you combine that with the book. And all of a sudden, we're we're in that rare position of, of, of zigging when everybody else is zagging because we're growing right now. And, and we actually don't show any signs that we're going to stop. And so it's a unique position to be in, especially with, with everybody else having uh, the struggles that they're having. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, it's nice to hear. I think people in the industry will take heart in the fact that there is a company out there that is uh, growing in the space and we'll have to keep an eye on how the industry-wide metrics progress over the next several months. But um Let's pivot over to our main topic of conversation because you've taken a very active and involved approach when it comes to marketing and product education. So generally speaking, I guess, since you've become so involved in the industry, what have you found to be the most effective messaging when it comes to actually getting new business? So the most effective messaging that I see is... I guess where where we excel most is explaining to people, it's like, look, there's a lot of negative out there about a reverse mortgage, but you can almost predictably say, this is what that is going to be about. It's going to be somebody is getting the story wrong. You know, it's usually, as I tell my clients, it's usually grandma sitting out on the front of her porch. Her stuff is spewed everywhere. And the article or the TV or whatever it is that they're talking about are saying, oh, the evil reverse mortgage company came and evicted grandma. And we always get the bad rap for that, except that it's not our fault. And I've, I've have to, I have to say, taking the time to actually explain to somebody and say, look, if you're going to live in your house, you're going to have to pay your taxes anyway. You're going to have to insure the house anyway. And you're going to have to keep it up. This is not any, any earth shattering things. But when the when the the big media companies start ch- showing the reverse mortgage, we're always the bad guys. And and the truth is, I've spent most of the last three years trying to explain to customers, to um, referral partners. It's like we are not the bad guys here. We 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 didn't put grandma in that situation to start with. We simply provided her with another option, and whether she understood it or not. That may be the case. We don't know what her circumstances are. But ultimately, what I found is when you can sit down with somebody one-on-one and say, look, this is what the problem is. This is why it's misunderstood. Then they start to open up and say, okay, well, maybe we don't really know as much as we think we do. And when you start having that conversation, you start getting them to kind of just turn that dial just a little bit. Because I'm not – I don't look at it and say I want to try 100% to change their mind. I want to change that 1% 
that opens the door for possibility. And when that possibility exists, then you can go ahead and go forward. And the education piece just hasn't been there. And so when I realized that the education piece wasn't there, I decided to write it, basically. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I think that that is a pretty understandable perspective. You want to take the bull by the horns if there is some perceived sort of uh, deficit in people's general understanding. I guess one of the things that I'm curious about just hearing you talk about things in that way is uh, I'm how important would you say your time as an originator was to get the lay of the land and determining how to approach this when it comes to like uh, the, the the whole course of, of your business at Simple Reverse? I think it's it's key because as an originator, I mean, I started as an originator um, in the reverse field in 2019. And then of course, what, four or five, six months later, COVID happened. And all of a sudden, we were we were taken away from that position of where we could actually sit down face to face and have a conversation with people. But the ability for me to sit down and have a conversation face to face with people was priceless because I could actually get to know what it is they were missing. Because a lot of times people were calling in saying, "Yeah, I, I, I've heard about this. I don't know anything about it." And and again, I take that back to the beginning of saying, when you come into this industry and you know nothing. And you have to learn it from day one and go, okay, this is how it works. It's really, really helpful to be able to sit down and then take that and translate that back to the client and say, look, Mr. Client, I know this sounds too good to be to be true. You know, we're going to pay off your mortgage and we're going to make sure you have no payments and we're going to give you cash. It just sounds overwhelmingly positive to the client, but they go, where's the catch? And so as an originator, I started with that simple question. Where's the catch? Well, let me explain to you what happens. And then let me explain to you what doesn't happen. And when you explain, this is what it is. And you say, look, if you're in this position, it's good. If you're in this position, it's bad. And I think to me, I think that's priceless for anybody who's trying to be in this business. They have to have had originated at some point because that's the key to where everything starts. If you can't sit down with a client, explain everything to the point where the client goes, yeah, I, I, I understand now. I think I, I think I get it. I think I want this. That's where the entire conversation changes for not only for the loan officer, but for the client. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it, that's where the magic occurs. Sure. I, I guess one of the other things that I'm curious about, because you are a relatively recent entrant in the business, um, and you kind of had to go through this trial by fire because of COVID-19 that a lot of the other components of the industry really had to reckon with. You uh, were kind of forged in the crucible of the pandemic as opposed to having to react to it. Is there anything that you think um, the industry is not doing to adjust to this post-COVID world that you would like to see based on what has worked for you? You know, the truth is, I really think that with COVID, we were forced into a position where we had to educate the clients because we couldn't sit down face to face with them and go, okay, let me answer your questions. That changed everything because it made us have to back up and go, wait a minute, we can't rely on sitting in front of the in the kitchen table and saying, okay, I can answer this, I can answer this, I can answer this. I honestly think it comes down to answering the client's questions to the point almost where it feels exhaustive because a client 
in my opinion, will not buy from you unless you've answered all their questions. Otherwise, they still have reservations. They're going to go back to their kids and say, hey, I think I'm going to do this. And the kids might go, yeah, mom, dad, I don't think that's a good idea. Do they know anything about it? Who knows? But as an industry, we need to educate our clients more because we need to get away from this this thought process that if I take a loan, I'm taking it away from somebody else. That's there, There's plenty of business to go around. We need to educate the clients to say, look, this is beneficial. It's beneficial for you. It's beneficial for your family. I'm a loan officer. I'm doing this obviously for money. It benefits us too. But in the long run, it has to be about the clients. And COVID really got me to explain to people, this is how it works in a way that I don't know if it was ever expressed this way before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Well, when it comes to education, um, you know, local media is something that I know a lot of originators have been interested in pursuing to one degree or another. Um, I've talked to people who have sought out uh, the ability to speak on local television stations. Uh, I've talked to people who have regular radio shows in their local markets. There's a wide variety of ways that people try to take advantage of it. Um, But it seems like you always have some kind of new local TV appearance to talk about, which uh, so it seems like you've got that side of things covered. So how effective would you say that is specifically when it comes to trying to reach new borrowers? I, I think it's been very effective. And I think the difference is I don't when I go on local TV and I start talking about the reverse mortgage, the 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 true secret to it, if you want to call it that, because I don't think it's a secret at all, is I go on there and I say, look, I'm going to if I can educate one person who's watching this show. And I can get what just one person to say, you know, that's not something I thought about before. I, I think I need to call him and find out. That is the thing where I think most people fall down on because they say, oh, well, I'm going to be on TV. I have to sell now, sell hard, sell as fast as I can. And I try to stay away from that because I try to make it more personable of saying, hey, let me tell you about what it is that we do. Let me tell you about how we've helped people because – People can look at it and go, oh, yeah, you're coming on. It's just another sales pitch. I don't want to be another sales pitch. I want to be the educator behind it because I want to basically say, look, let me tell you what it is. Let me tell you how this helps you, and then let me provide you with information. If I do my job correctly for that, I'm more or less an ambassador for the entire industry, and I know that some. Of, I know that there are other people out there that are advertising this way on the, on, on TV. And I know they're getting some of my calls just like I'm getting some of their calls. But to me, ultimately, the end all be all is we have to educate people about this product because the more we educate people, the less pushback we're going to get as an industry, which is good for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. Well, you know, depending on the uh, on, on the market that a reverse mortgage professional operates in, sometimes something like local TV could be cost prohibitive because I understand that it can be kind of expensive to actually get a segment on like a morning show or whatever it might be on a, on a local news channel. So what would you say the ROI is like when it comes to local TV appearances? Would you say it can be measured like on a per appearance basis or do you tend to look at things after a combination of different appearances have been made? What does success generally look like when it comes to this stuff? So when it comes to success on TV, I look at it as a longer a longer tail process because 
I've had people who have, I mean, we've had people where we make an appearance and literally the phone will start ringing as soon as we make the appearance. And then I've had other times where it maybe takes two or three days after they do it. And so I look at it as a cumulative process. And I say, look, here is a month. This is the media advertising we're doing in this month. My first, my first measure, honestly, is does it, can I at least get it to pay for itself? And almost all the time, it always pays for itself. It's the local tweaks that you have to do that, that will really kind of change it. I mean, I've been doing this for now about a year, and I'm just now getting to the point where I can tweak it, and I know what to say, and I know how to say it to the audience in well, this specific, in the Colorado market. I know what to say to get them to actually pick up the phone and call us. But that was a that was very much of a you know try a trial and error process because a lot of it we don't control. I don't control when on the segment I'm going to be on. I don't control what day of the week I'm going to be on. I simply said, "Hey, I'm I'm available to this. We'd like to do this." And they call me up and say, "We're we're shooting this day, this time. Show up." So it it, it depends on a lot of different things, and you have to tweak it based on it. Maybe what's on going on in the news right now. It may be. Uh, what's going on in the reverse industry at the moment. It may just simply be that, you know, we want to just talk about, hey, here's a success that somebody had. Um, But when you start getting that, you stop getting away from the uh, Hackam is a reverse mortgage that pays for, you know, (laughs) I I, I can't tell you how many interviews I've watched where the, the, the person is just flat. Uh, and they just, you know, you can tell they're reading bullet points. The truth is you have to have a personality on TV or people don't pay attention to you. And once I figured that out, that's when it really kind of took off. Sure. Can can you give me uh, some examples of some of the tweaks that you make based on the locality that you speak? Because I imagine that you're pretty well focused on on the Colorado area. Um, so what are the kinds of local tweaks that you make and, and how many different stations would you say you jump between when it comes to these appearances? Uh, so right now I jump between um, two different ones. I jump between Fox and NBC. And and the thing is, it's interesting because the audiences are completely different for those markets. And the, the time frame under which those TV stations are on is about an hour difference. But the one hour difference makes a complete difference in who you're talking to. And so that some of the tweaks I've made, I've looked at it and said, you know, when when you talk about – when you talk too much about the same thing, when you're talking too much about – you know, reverse mortgage, this is what it is, this is how it works. People people don't want to hear it. They they don't want to hear, you know, a reverse mortgage is a non-recourse loan that does you know, they tune out. But if I sit here and have a conversation, I say, okay, well, let me tell you about a client that that something that happened yesterday or something that happened last week with a client. And of course I'll I'll never use the client's names, but I'll talk about their individual situation. You know, we had a client who called up and said, you know, hey, he was uh uh, he, he thought he had gotten ripped off by a mortgage company 15 years ago. And he called in and he was, you know, having a, a, and I'm explaining this on TV. And I said, you know, when it came down to it, finds out that this client hadn't been ripped off 15 years ago. He had just been given bad information. And it turns out he actually had a $160,000 line of credit that he didn't know about. Well, he was, he was heartbroken because he thought he was going to have to sell his house and eat cat food. And all of a sudden, you know, I, when I talked to him, I said, Hey, you got a $160,000 line of credit. What are you talking to me for? All you need to do is advance this. And when you start talking about that, it, it more humanizes the process. Because the truth is, everybody needs help, but they just don't know where to go. And they're so 
worried that we're going to give them a sales pitch. And I kind of approach it in a different sense of saying, look, I'd rather educate you. I'd rather give you the information. And then if you want to make a decision to work with me or somebody else, okay. But this way, the, the, the tweak was quit trying to sell them. Just tell them about what's going on. Tell them about what you're doing. Tell them about how you're doing it, how you can help. Because that touches people. And that's that's a real difference that it makes. And especially here in Colorado. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, um, I guess I'm curious about whether or not you have advice for fellow reverse mortgage professionals who might be looking to break into something like local media appearances. What do you think they need to be aware of in order to make the most of such a tool when it comes specifically to this profession? You know, I would say my advice to them would be go out and start having conversations with people live, like actually do seminars. Even if one person shows up and you think it's a complete waste of time because you're like, oh, I'm not going to do anything with this, get out there and do it because going on to a TV studio cold and facing a camera and knowing that you're live and you can't, there's no take backs, right, with live TV. Some people thrive on it. Other people go, oh, I, I, I couldn't possibly do that. I mean, I've tried to get my staff to go on. They just, they won't do it uh, <laughs> because they're nervous. And, sure. and I understand that. What benefited me the most in doing this was I spent years doing live presentations to audiences. And so I'm used to having questions peppered at me. Trust me, when you do that, you start to figure out that the questions are usually all the same. How they ask it is different. But you can also expect that from the media so you can know that if you're going in and you're saying, okay, I'm going to go in for an interview, I pretty much know what questions they're going to ask. So that and, – and my comfort and my my calmness on camera comes from the fact that I just kind of block out the cameras and just have a conversation like I'm having a conversation with you. And that translates to the clients because they go, oh, this person is confident. This person is okay doing live answering questions and the more you can answer the questions without thinking about it the better off you are and the best training ground for that is live presentations because hey you could screw up a live presentation and you don't get intimidated if you're doing it with one person if you get into that mindset that you're talking on camera and you're realizing you're going out to an entire market of you know 600 700 800,000 people that can get intimidating. So it's all about the mindset, but it's all about practice. Sure. Yeah. That's, uh, that's very understandable. Um, pivoting away from, uh, specifically the, the television appearances, you've taken another approach when it comes to reverse mortgage product education, and that's, you're a two time reverse mortgage author. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's an undertaking. I mean, I've, uh, I haven't written one myself, but I have edited a book in my time that was published by HarperCollins. So I know that there's a lot of work that uh, that goes into it. Um, tell us a little bit about your work in, in actually writing reverse mortgage books and what actually led you to sit down and take such a project on a couple of times now. <laughs> so the, the first one, my first book, which is called Too Good to Be Free, How Reverse Mortgage Can Improve Your Life, Your Cash Flow, and Pay You Too. This was my this was my COVID project. Um, prior to COVID happening, I had had this idea, and I said, you know, I really want to put together a book. Or I, not, it wasn't even actually a book. Originally, it was just going to be a pamphlet uh, or a, or a couple of pages. And I said, I want to answer every question that my clients have that I can't answer in person. And so I started writing this book. Well, 
I got to page, I got to 20 pages and I went, uh oh, um, something might be happening here. And when I hit 40 pages, I went, oh, this might be a book. I'm not <laughs> sure what to do with this. Um, and, and then eventually that's exactly what it did. It became, a, you know, it's about a hundred and some pages, but it was literally like, I, I came up with this idea. I said, what if I had to sit down with my grandmother and explain to her what I do for a living? And I answer all of her questions based on, and what it was is based on a conglomeration of questions that my clients asked. And so I literally just sat down and I just one day started writing it. And three weeks later, there it was. And so then I, uh, I hired an editor. I hired a, an artist to do the, the cover. Uh, I put it together and said, all right, here we go. And that book was my first labor of love around reverse mortgage. And I said, you know, I, I've got to explain this to people. And I found that in, in doing that, there's nothing quite like being a published author. And so that's kind of how that book began was how do I answer the questions that everybody asks and maybe I can help the sales process a little bit. That's honestly where it came from. And so sure. that was how the first one started. And uh, so what approach do you take then for the second one exactly? So the second one is called My Parents Are Doing What? And it's an adult child's guide to reverse mortgage. And this was published this month, actually. But what I did with the second book was I sat down and I said, you know, there's some unanswered questions from the first book about, you know, the adult children, because the adult children are really the decision makers. It's not the parents. The parents are already sold on this. But a lot of times it's the kids that aren't comfortable with it. And so I sat down and I said, all right, what are, what are the problems with the industry? What are the questions the kids are asking that I didn't cover in the first book? And what are the things that I've run into since that first book was published to say, these are the problems that we're having? And that was really kind of where I, I took on the second book. And so there's a little bit of controversy in this in that I talk about what's wrong with the retirement industry as a whole and how we can fix it using a reverse mortgage. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's certainly a, a novel approach for, for conversation. Um, I guess one of the things I'm curious about, do you use one or both of the books over the course of your business? Do you give them to originators in Colorado or are you basing its impact on sales how does uh how how does your reverse mortgage library factor into the equation of your uh, business and for product education generally in terms of what you do so what i found is we we started i started giving away the book the, the first book the too good to be free and i give that to my originators i'll give that to clients i'll give it to loan officers um and what i found is when i give it to a forward mortgage loan officer they'll read it and go oh okay i get it I give it to a reverse mortgage loan officer and they say, well, this is a thing that I should be give. We should be giving this to our clients. Well, yes, that's exactly what it was designed to do. Now, the new one, my parents are doing what? I'm really going to start pushing that because, again, this is where the kids are the ones that are making the decisions. Even though the parents want to think they're doing it, it's the kids that have a lot of uh, questions. And I'm using both. So I'll generally give my clients both of these and say, here, here is the book. Read this ask me questions. And what happens is usually the client will then come back and say, okay, I, I understand this. And they'll come back with some specific questions. One, one client last week came back with a question and she says, okay, um, I understand all of this. My one question is something about the line of credit. 
And I went, oh, okay. But I didn't have to sit there and explain to her, this is what reverse does, this is how it works. This is. It takes all of that uncertainty out and it transfers the client from, okay, I'm not sure I want to do this, all the way over to, I'm absolutely going to do this. I don't care what my kids say. This is beneficial for me. Let's go. And that's where that transformation happens. And it just, you can use it. And the thing is, you can use it. Anybody can use it because it answers the questions that people are asking. And it's not like I'm going to get different questions than maybe somebody in Chicago or New York or California is going to get. It's the same questions. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, I appreciate that. I guess something that surprises me and certainly surprised me when I started covering this business on a regular basis is that considering how small the industry is just in comparison to the sprawling mass that is the forward side, uh, there's a fair amount of, um, of reverse mortgage professionals who have taken it upon themselves to create their own literature related to the product category. Uh, we see it in a couple of different spots in the U.S., and we also see it in Canada, for instance, just in terms of stuff in North America. And I'm sure that in Europe and in Asia, they do their own things. But I'm sure you're aware of that. So how do you think your book stands apart from others that have been published about the reverse mortgage space stateside? So the big thing I have, or at least the big advantage that I feel like my books have, um, one, I come from a – I have actually have a journalism degree. So my original – my original passion was writing. So to me to sit down and write a book is just like, oh, okay, it's just an extension of, of what I'm doing. But to that end, I also take the approach. I've, I've read all the, 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 the reverse mortgage books that were on the market. And uh, you know, I read Dr. Fow's book and I thought, wow, this is, this is really informational. But the problem is I don't have a PhD. And even I've, I, I found myself just struggling to get through it. And I'm in the industry. Um, I read Harlan Nicola's book. Again, same thing. Really good books, a lot of information. But what separates me from those two is that I literally take the approach of if I'm going to sit down with your grandmother and I'm going to explain this and I don't want to come off as salesy. I don't want to come off as pushy. I don't want to come off as trying to maybe talk over them. Or get too deep in the weeds. Because in my opinion, what the biggest thing that uh, authors do is they get so much information in their head, they go, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to. Well, yeah, you have to calm that down. Hmm. And you have to bring it back to the, how does this help the client at the end of the day? And my books take the approach of, I want to be able, I want you to be able to read them in an hour. I want you to be able to explain them. And then when when you get my book and you read it, I want you to be able to hand it to your kid and say, look, this is the truth behind what we're talking about. This is how this works. And I can't do that unless I really tap into that loan originator space and say, let me answer your questions for you. Let me give you as much information as I can and let me put it in a usable format that's digestible, that's easy to read, that you can look at it and go, wow, I read that in an hour and I now feel more confident to ask the questions that I want to know. And from that perspective, that's what makes this book so much different than anything else on the market because I want to basically say, look, you can read my book. You can make a decision on your own. I'm here to help you. I'm here to facilitate, but I'm not here to tell you what to do. Hmm. You know, And I don't want to overwhelm the readers with too much data, historical data. The truth is it ultimately comes down to one thing. How does it help you? 
And I try to answer that question. And I look at it and go, if I don't answer that question, then what's the point of me writing the book in the first place? Yeah, sure. Great. Well, Jared, did we, we kind of went around the world. Did I miss anything? Is there anything that, uh, that you wanted to speak to that we didn't get a chance to touch on specifically when it comes to your work? No, I think we, we covered a lot. So excellent. We're good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to be a part of this. If people wanted to find more information about, uh, your books, then where can they go? Um, just go to amazon.com and Google my name, Jared Talmadge. And so it's J A R R E D Talmadge, T A L M A D G E. Just Google me and you'll find my books on Amazon. And, um, they're actually reasonably priced and you can get them in two days. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for being part of this. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the RMD podcast. Again, I want to extend a very special thanks to Jared Talmadge for taking the time to tell us about the realities of marketing through media avenues like books and television. For more news and insights on the reverse mortgage industry, be sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at reversemortgagedaily.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to the RMD podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast content. I'm Chris Clow, and this has been a production of HW Media. The RMD podcast is produced by Elissa Branch. Be sure to come back for an all-new episode very soon. See you next time.